Hey, really quick before we start the podcast, if you're a returning listener, we would ask that you would do us a favor and rate and review the show. We are not big at asking these things, but we're really working hard to get our podcast in the top of the health and nutrition category, not just the top 100. And I think this takes less than a minute to drop that rating and review. So if you could do that, we would really appreciate it and love you for a really long time. All right, guys, let's dive in and start the show. You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Happy Monday, everyone. I am super excited about this message today because I just get really frustrated. I just get like, I just get really frustrated when people don't exercise. And I think it's maybe like a little bit of projecting on other people. You know, I love exercise and I've seen so like my life transformed when I found weightlifting completely. I like, think it is hard when you have personal bias to... Absolutely understand why someone wouldn't want to have the amazing feeling after a hard workout that you have found or I have found too. Absolutely. And I think the, you know, there's a lot of resistance to entry in exercise and in like challenging exercise. There's a lot of like, there's, there's a big hurdle to overcome because when you first start doing it, you realize how out of shape you may feel. Yeah. Like when I started weightlifting, I listen, I was a two sport athlete in college. I was definitely not new to exercise but when i got into weightlifting and specifically crossfit and that's kind of a tough like thing to get into because it's very like benchmarked like you're benchmarked against other people in the class and that kind of thing and so like to me it was it can be very a turn off situation because you feel less than um, a lot of other people that have been doing it for a long time so i totally get how that can turn a lot of people off that's why i always say like work with a personal trainer or something that mm-hmm. allows you to ease into the process. But we want to talk today specifically around exercise is not just to look good. Like it, it, there is so much in terms of our health and in terms of hormonal health, immune health, mental health that exercise impacts and weight loss. Mm-hmm. This, we are going to talk about why running 30 miles a week ain't the best decision when you're trying to lose weight. Yeah, I have two things to add before we dive into this. So number one, if you are somebody right now who wants to get into resistance training, give yourself at least two weeks of doing these things consistently because one of the things that we would see when people would start at the gym is that they felt defeated. Day one, day two, day three, super sore. And so we always had them cut their reps at least in half, if not uh, more, depending upon what was programmed for the workout. We started them with the broomstick or the PVC pipe instead Mm -hmm. of the barbell small weights, right? You got to introduce your body. This is a new stimulus that you're placing on your nervous system. And like Becca mentioned, you may realize how out of shape that you are. This also applies to the person that's returning to working out. I shared a few months ago on my stories, like I was really missing the endurance piece that we used to have the conditioning piece uh, at our gym. And since we closed it last year, a lot of what I had been doing was more bodybuilding type stuff. I did some runs, like some Peloton, uh, you know, runs and stuff at uh, LA Fitness. But like, I really miss that push of 
conditioning, um, similar to kind of like the shorter like CrossFit tile stuff. And so when I was getting back into that, I was like, oh, this is so freaking hard. I feel like I've never worked out before. And honestly, I've been super consistent with working out. So just know that you can only start from where you are and elevate from here. Mm -hmm. And I totally forgot the second thing I was going to say. So let's dive in. Yeah. (laughs) So we want to explain a little bit around like what muscle is within the body. So muscle is an endocrine organ and it's got, it's, it's one of, I think it is the largest organ technically in the body. Depending on skin. I think it's bigger than your skin. Um, in terms of weight, in terms of like true surface area thinking span. Yes, totally. Um, so muscle is kind of like a metabolic sink or like a disposal system within the body. So when you are training and you're working out, you get the benefit of your muscle for the disposal of the energy that we consume. Okay. So basically when your muscles contract, contract, when we like lift weights, the muscles have to contract. It actually ensures that the metabolites and the energy sources that we consume, i.e. like fats and carbohydrates are turning over quicker and are not getting stored as easily. Okay. So otherwise fats and glucose store up in your muscles. Your muscles are essentially like a sink. I'm sorry. They're like essentially like a sponge. And if that muscle is not being used, it gets more and more full. If the sponge is never squeezed, it gets more and more full and you won't be able to store there and your body will continue to create higher amounts of fat cells because it has to store somewhere. And so if your muscles are not turning over that energy because you aren't using them, then your body will continue to store in other places. And so your muscles can only take so much, but you need to be frequently wringing out the sponge by working your muscles, by doing resistance training, by doing weightlifting, by getting your heart rate up. Because currently what we're doing is we are currently overfilling our skeletal muscle. We are essentially over-consuming. We aren't using it and it becomes a less effective part of the metabolism. And then the other negative part is that muscle tissue starts to become less healthy tissue. When you are not using it, it doesn't allow itself to basically, our cells are kind of like a garbage disposal system. They clean themselves up, they turn over. And so when we aren't using them, they don't do that as well. And then they become kind of toxic to the body to an extent. So it can infl- it, it essentially starts to influence an inflammatory state and you foster and build the state of inflammation because your muscles start to create inflammatory cytokine hormones. And so if we are not using our muscle, it's not like, oh, we're just not active. No, your muscle actually starts to become like a negative mm-hmm. situation within the body. Well, and if you're not having enough protein, which we've talked about before on the podcast, you're wasting muscle, right? Your body is going to break it down and turn it into back into amino acids. So as Dr. Lyons talks about, like if you are not training, then you need to be eating substantially more protein. Mm-hmm. If you are training, okay, then maybe you can get by eating a little bit less protein, you know, but at the end of the day, you have to keep your muscle active and alive some way, shape or form. And for most individuals, eating the amount of protein that they would need to eat to keep the amount of muscle they have without training is a lot. I mean, you're basically carnivore at that point. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I remember the second thing that I was going to say about training and resistance training is that is uh, it's not a stress reliever. So a lot of people would be like, my exercise is my stress relief. And I do think that it serves a purpose in our mental and emotional health, which we're going to talk about. But if you are looking at exercise as your only form of stress relief, 
we have a bigger problem. Like, I think it definitely can be good to go out and get a run in and, you know, just like let things out or you're frustrated and you go to the gym and you're pounding out some weights, you know, pushing some uh, heavy weight around. All of that is cool, but you need to also have other ways that you get into a more calm state. Yes, absolutely. I will say, and that's about what we're about to dive into, is that having adequate muscle and understanding that contracting muscle produces like things that are actually very good for the body. Um, so in, in essence, it actually can be a stress reliever, but like was Liz was saying, having more muscle makes us more resilient. Mm-hmm. But if you are not doing anything else to take care of your body, i.e. you're under eating, you're running your body into the ground in the gym, you're not sleeping enough, you have chronic stressors because you take on too much in your life, that's where we have a problem. That's where must where exercise is not really doing you a whole lot of good. I mean, it's helping you to an extent, maybe making you a little bit more resilient to what's going on, but you're eventually going to burn out because you're not giving your body what it needs to recover itself from the exercise. You're taking on too much, so your mental and emotional state is not ideal, and you need to figure out how to manage the stress in your life better so that it's not so much of a distress and it's more of a advantageous stress. Yeah. We got to become resilient to stress, mm-hmm. right? We all have stressors every day, all day. Yeah. Every way, shape, and form our body perceives stress. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the benefits of strength training regarding our mental health. I mean, we've talked about this before, um, but we do know that exercise is very, very beneficial for people who have uh, depression. Depression and anxiety is through, I mean, I think we're at an all-time high. Uh, I haven't read the recent stats. I'm just going to be honest, but you know, we looked back uh, in COVID and we just saw things skyrocket, right? Uh, Back in 2020, every therapist that we know, every social worker that we know, they're like, IEPs are the highest we've ever seen them, the need for those uh, children in crisis, people in crisis, you know, just because of uh, that period of time that we were isolated, I would say. Mm -hmm. And so exercise can definitely be something that you can do to help increase your mood, right? If it's something that you can get into that you really enjoy the movement modality that you're doing, that brings, uh, you know, positive to your life, right? Because you have enjoyment now. It increases our energy. It supports our sleep. It helps us, you know, if we do struggle with like low appetite, never feeling hungry, it can stimulate appetite. There's a variety of things here, but, you know, one of the biggest things I think when it comes to to depression and anxiety uh, regarding weight uh, training is that it can reduce depressive symptoms uh, because of the mental benefits that are really pronounced uh, for people who are performing intense strength training, low to moderate intensity uh, strength training. And this is because of how it impacts our neurotransmitter production. And kind of as Becca was talking about with the inflammation in the body, we know that depression and anxiety is inflammation of the brain. There is an issue with our neurotransmitter production. And so if we are exercising and and we are supporting our body to turn over the fats and the carbohydrates and we're eating the right foods in the right balance and nourishing our body, essentially, the body is able to function the way that it should and we should see a decrease in or an ease in these symptoms that arise. Maybe it's not totally gone, right? Uh, but it can definitely ease depression and anxiety or those negative feelings because I believe this is goes back to what we talk about at nauseum you're showing yourself that you can do hard things. You're using that as an outlet. You're turning this into a more productive uh, habit than just sitting on the couch and watching TV or binge drinking wine or you know, staring at the wall because 
we're in a dark place. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the biggest benefits of weight training, exercise, doing hard things is it builds up your self-esteem. Like I feel on top of the world when I lift a new heavy weight, when I see myself getting stronger or I finish a hard workout that like on paper, I was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm going to do that or like how I'm going to finish that or how I'm going to feel after that. And they actually see this with research too. And so strength training actually led to an increase in self-esteem given the effects of strength training on muscle mass and body definition. Obviously that plays a role as well. When you strength train and eat properly, your body tends to change over time in a positive way. And so, you know, people then have better body image and beliefs in their physical capabilities, all would kind of lie under that big umbrella of physical self-esteem. Um, but it's just being capable, like being a female, especially and doing fucking hard things and lifting heavy weights. Like I love, I know a lot of people, I don't know, maybe it's just the internet, but I know a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, I hate that people comment that I'm, you know, I'm, Oh, you should be able to lift that. You're strong. Like I fucking love when people say that. I'm like, yeah, I can. I'm really strong. I actually had our neighbor funny story. Is <laughs> I have lots of funny stories. Funny? No. <laughs> So our neighbor next door is a little quirky. He's just a little quirky. Um, love them. They have two kids that are that play with Carson all the time. The wife and I get along super great. The husband is, he's just a little, you know, he's a little off the walls sometimes. And he, they're both nurses. And so they both, you know, the, know the medical field and supplements and stuff like that. And he asked, he's like, so do you take supplements? And I was like, yeah, you know, I take magnesium. I take creatine. And he goes, testosterone. I was like, I don't know what you mean by that. Do you think that I look super muscular? So you think I must take testosterone or steroids? Like, and I think some people might be offended by it, but I was like, no, I work my fucking ass off to look how I look and be as strong as I am. So cool. Nope. I don't take testosterone. Thank you for your comment. Like it was, it happened last night. It was a slightly awkward conversation. What was his response when he said that? I was like, no, I was like, but testosterone can be really beneficial for women in menopause that are struggling or underproducing testosterone. I love how you took it to the menopause route. <laughs> <laughs> and his wife was like, that's true. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so funny what people ask sometimes. Oh, so I've had the weirdest conversations with people because like when I get really strong, my arms get very defined. Yeah. I've never had like a six pack. I, my abs don't get super defined. My legs get are always pretty defined, but my arms and my shoulders get like pretty I jacked. I want them. And I get a lot of comments about those. Yeah. I was uh, telling Art the other day because I've been, one of the things I've been doing is trying to get my strict pull up. So I'm like up to three or four. What did I get yesterday? I don't remember. Five total maybe. Anyways, but I've really been just like over time, like working on the strict pull ups. And I'm like, you know, noticing even with some of the things that we're doing in this program that I do have a little bit more of uh, the upper shoulder. So my brother, oh my God, you guys. So everybody knows what the Hulk looks like, right? So my brother's always been a big build, um, but he has traps, like very defined traps. And I remember when I was, I don't know, maybe nine or 10, we would always go to the fit club. So my dad, he is 86, 87, 88. I don't know. He's up there in his 80s. Um, he has always gone to the fit club every single day. He has to work out. He has to swim. He has to resistance train. It's very important. Actually, that plays into what we're going to talk about next. But uh, we would go swimming with him. And my brother was home from college and he was a football player. And so he would pick me up and he would throw me across the pool. Oh, yeah. 
But before he would do that, he would like emerge out of the water and like, and like, you know, very muscular, like uh, flexing and everything. And so I was telling, uh, I was looking at the mirror the other day and I was like, I resemble like my upper shoulders definitely resemble from a female perspective. Like I hold, you know, have more trap definition there, but yeah, I know I'm always looking at your arms and I'm like, I just, I want that defined look. I don't want to look like some of the very, very muscular athletes out that there. That work their butts off to look that way. Oh, yeah. For they look, sure. They look yeah. awesome. Yeah. I don't want to look that way. I just want a little more definition in my arms. That's always been, you know, in yeah. our family, just like how, thanks, mom. We carry the angel wings and so forth. But, um, yeah. So, I don't know where we were going with that, but it's just funny the things that people do say or ask sometimes. I know. But, like, I, my self-esteem is there. And so, like, I don't care anymore what people say. And I actually start to take it as a compliment because, like, people notice. You know, people notice, obviously. And this is one thing that I go back and forth with. It is abnormal to look as physically fit as some people do. And that's the problem in today's world. Like me being as fit as I am, people are like, what do you do? Like it shouldn't be an an anomaly. It shouldn't be this like, oh my God, like you're so strong. No, I work out every day. Like that's what I do. And that's something that I want my kids to continuously see is normal and is a normal thing. And I love it. Like my mother-in-law goes to the gym with Carson and Taylor. She brings them to the gym in the mornings that she watches them. Like I want them to see being physically fit is not abnormal. Yeah. It's important. I talk to them all the time about working out. Yeah. I told you this uh, earlier on our walk. Mark has, has been asking to come out. Trish comes over every morning. He's been asking to come out, sit on his mat this morning. He asked me for his barbell. So he was stretching. I posted this on Instagram too, but he was he loves to climb all over myself or Art when we're doing our foam rolling. Um, and so he was actually waving today to the camera with his foot. He's such a stinking cute little kid. Um, but no, I, I know what I was going to say now about your arms and your shoulders. So the other day when I was rolling out, I can see like my veins were really popping in my shins and my foot. And so I made a comment. Um, I was like, and now I just got to get the veins in the arms like Becca, you know? Um, <laughs> but let's, let's move on because as I mentioned earlier, just with my dad uh, and training and working out, um, weight training helps cognitive function. How many of you guys feel better after you weight train or you do a workout or you get up and you move your body first thing in the morning? To me, it is a tremendous difference in my thinking, how focused I am, my creativity. And there's actually been research that shows uh, in older adults, resistance training can improve and delay decline in memory. It can help improve our attention spans and make better decisions uh, or support our decision making. So one clinical trial entitled the SMART uh, study of mental and resistance training uh, study analyzed people with mild cognitive impairment, a syndrome where there is a slight but noticeable decline in cognitive abilities. Compared to brain training alone, resistance training combined with brain training led to an improved cognitive function with benefits maintained for 18 months afterwards. So back to what we mentioned before, weight training, utilizing your muscles, is much more than weight loss or looking a certain way. There are so mm-hmm. many other benefits. And then I think just overall, your well-being, you know, who you are as a person, as we've said a hundred times already on this podcast, how you show up for yourself, you carry a greater level of confidence and self-esteem and pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the last thing that I want to talk through is about the inflammation level. Because a lot of people are like, well, I don't, I don't want to get like super sore or have my joint. I don't want to hurt myself. And so, as I mentioned, muscle is an endocrine organ. And 
when you contract muscle, it produces different types of chemical messengers. One of them is called interleukin-6, okay? So this is a chemical messenger that belongs to the family of cytokines, like I mentioned, typically used by white blood cells or macrophages to mediate inflammation and fever. However, cytokines have different effects depending on the cells they interact with. So of importance, there was published research showing that interleukin-6 is also released from exercising your skeletal muscle. In this instance, it's called actually a myokine, but this interleukin-6 basically travels throughout the body and it can influence the metabolism in tissue and organs, as well as have anti-inflammatory effects. By contracting your muscle, you can release these chemical messengers that can have anti-inflammatory effects. And it has been well demonstrated that the plasma concentration of interleukin-6 increases up to greater than 100-fold during muscular exercise. So this like single bout of exercise can have profound effects on the coordination of increasing insulin sensitivity, fatty acid oxidation, and metabolism in other organs. So skeletal, mu- skeletal muscle-derived interleukin-6, this chemical messenger basically acts as an endocrine signal to orchestrate glucose regulation and fat metabolism. Speaking to everyone that probably wants those things, you have to exercise. This happens both during and after the workout. Like I think everyone always looks to, you want to look good. You want to look good, you need to have good glucose regulation and you need to make sure you have good fat metabolism. If you aren't having those things, then you are not going to see great results with your weight loss efforts. The maintenance and stimulation of skeletal muscle is not only vital to optimizing metabolism, but it's vital to our health. Exercise is anti-inflammatory. It is helpful for your mental health. It is helpful for your hormonal health. Like you guys, there are so many benefits and that is why we have such a chronic disease epidemic in this world right now because people, exercise has become optional. I keep seeing this post that's like, children deserve fit parents. And I'm like, yes. Yes, they do. Because fit parents are not only going to manage stress better, they're probably going to live longer. Because like I just talked about, muscle is so important to our immune system. It's important to the inflammation levels in our body. It's important to protecting us. I I joke all the time, like, I don't know the statistics on this, but I don't know. I don't know a lot of really fit people that are also really sick all the time. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the last time I've been sick. I technically had covid around christmas apparently yeah. according to what my at-home test told me i don't you had covid for i had sure. covid for sure you had COVID we for had sure. like a bout of i don't know maybe like six weeks eight weeks in our house where our kids kept getting sick and i had covid mm-hmm. and that was like two or three days i had a really bad fever and i just didn't feel great but after that you were fine i was fine i was working out and like two or three days after that the long-term effects of COVID that a lot of people talked about. I had a little bit of like, I was coughing stuff up occasionally, Mm -hmm. but aside from that, I felt I haven't been sick since. Yeah. The only thing that I noticed is like a little harder to breathe, but like I didn't have the symptoms that other people have gotten. And again, we're not saying that this is because (laughs) of, you know, us being special. It's because we take care of ourselves. It's Mm -hmm. because we nourish our bodies. We eat a variety of foods, antioxidants, all of those things that are very anti-inflammatory. We try to minimize and reduce as much as possible our exposure to inflammatory oils industrialized seed oils, uh, hydrogenated oils. Um, And so one of the things that you mentioned, Becca, that I think it's important for us to kind of touch on here too, is just the metabolization of fat. So fat is really important uh, because it helps build up our hormones. So as Becca's talking about muscle being an endocrine organ, endocrine is in charge of your hormonal system. 
right? And so if you're somebody who doesn't have a gallbladder or you're somebody who uh, just doesn't feel good when you are eating fatty foods, you need to look at enhancing or supporting uh, your gallbladder and your liver because it's responsible for your bile and your bile production. So I just wanted to call this out here. There's a couple of things that you can do. So dandelion root is one that's really good. It enhances the flow of bile by increasing bile production and flow to the gallbladder. It also has a direct effect on the gallbladder by causing contractions and releasing stored bile. So dandelion root also improves conditions such as liver congestion, bile duct inflammation, hepatitis, gallstones, and jaundice. So it does contain inulin, which promotes the growth of uh, very good bacteria strains in the gut. And then I think it's important too to look further at uh, you know how you feel with certain foods, remove certain things that you need to work with a practitioner if you need to get to some root cause issues. But if you're right now somebody who's like, yeah, I'm training all the time, but I never really feel good or I'm sore for days after, like there's an issue going on. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're not breaking down, digesting and absorbing protein adequately to utilize it, that's going to impact your muscle mass. Like all of these things have trickle down effects when we talk about, you know, the gut and everything starts in the gut. Uh, And so we'll dive into that into a different podcast, but I just wanted to throw that in there and give dandelion root some love Mm -hmm. uh, because I think it's important for people to understand, you know, at a, a cellular level, there's a lot of things that have to happen for things to be working well. Yeah. At the end of the day, guys, exercise should not Thank be Thank you optional. for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.